there, Delilah. What's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. Times Square can shine as bright as you. I swear it's true. Hey there, Delilah. Don't you worry about the distance. I'm right there. If you get lonely, give this song another listen. Close your eyes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Whole Nine Sports Podcast. Uh, as you can tell, this is not Dylan with his usual intro. Uh, he can't be here today. I am Brandon Olson, recording. I almost said my middle name, too. That would have been really weird. Uh, I'm recording by myself today. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Hoping that there's not a ton of background noise here because according to the Citizen app, about two blocks away from me, there have been reports of guys with guns. So um, that's fun stuff to record during. <laughs> um, so yeah, just that's, that's worrisome. Um, diving right into it though. We have the biggest piece of news this weekend was Tua Tungabailoa's hip injury. Not the same exact problem as Bo Jackson, as many have liked to point out. Bo Jackson's career was kind of derailed because of a hip injury, but not really because of a hip injury. Um, Bo Jackson had horrible treatment on his dislocated hip or cracked bone uh and because of that, he developed necrosis in his hip, and that was ultimately what ended his career. It was not the dislocated hip or the fracture at all that really caused it. It was the poor treatment that led to him developing necrosis, and necrosis is what ended his career, not necessarily the hip issue. This likely means that Tua Tungabailoa will not enter the 2020 draft, which is incredibly unfortunate, hoping for a speedy recovery, hoping that he gets back to his full strength and that we get to see just Tua at his best again next season. Um, this helps, I guess, Joe Burrow a bit. If there were any Tua or Joe Burrow QB1 issues, that has kind of been solved because of this. And then it really hurt Alabama's championship chances this year so that sucks but I mean Mac Jones could maybe step up and turn it around I think he completed like 80% of his passes in his one start that he had I think it was against South Carolina um a few weeks ago so that's unfortunate hoping for the best for Tua uh and we always start off the show with the injury news to get well just to start on a kind of saddish note and then try to build up into more fun um the next tidbit of news though is colin kaepernick had a workout in atlanta for those that don't know exactly what happened colin kaepernick last tuesday i think it was got contacted by the nfl about a workout that would happen yesterday he there was a bunch of back and forth going on about it about colin trying to move the days in the nfl saying no and then yesterday about three hours before the workout colin kaepernick i guess just found out that the nfl was not going to allow the media to be there 
And so he moved it to about an hour away at a high school. And a lot of people are complaining that if he really cared about getting back into the NFL, then he wouldn't have cared if media was there. He's not care. He didn't care if the media was there just to get the attention. I think, I think he cared more about whether or not the media was going to be allowed because if the media wasn't there and he played great, NFL, the NFL could send out the false narrative that he just played poorly and he didn't look like himself. He didn't look like he could play anymore. And that's why they let him, that's why no one signs him. But at least if the media can see it and the media posted it online, it was streamed, uh, then no one can make claims that were untrue on either side of it. To this point, we don't know if he's been signed or anything. He did tell the NFL that he's ready. He's been ready for three years. He's been waiting for the call. Uh, we'll see if he gets it. I have not watched the workout yet because, quite frankly, it takes a little bit for me to just watch a guy who I don't think is going to sign with an NFL team throw a ball a little bit. I don't think he's going to sign with an NFL team because I think an NFL team, or at least the owner, is probably going to say no kneeling during the national anthem and he's not going to do that i think um i think that he would rather never play in the nfl again than basically be a sellout if he does that uh that's that's what would happen he'd be called a sellout a lot of people would think he's a sellout and i would i would say he's a sellout also for selling out and his beliefs just to get paid in the nfl And then going to today's news, the Jets finally got a pass interference call overturned, which, as we know, is more rare than anything else in today's NFL. Um, Even in the Ravens and Texans game, there was a horrible pass interference by Marlon Humphrey on DeAndre Hopkins. The refs did not call it. The Texans challenged it, and the the refs did not overturn that challenge. Uh... They not overturned the call, which was really just awful. Uh, there was one also in the Cardinals 49ers game, which is currently happening. Um, it's very early on in the fourth quarter for that game. But the Cardinals 49ers, Kyle Juszczyk actually should have been called for an offensive pass interference, and there was no call there. And then the most fun bit from this weekend was, oh, since our episode came out on Thursday morning, we didn't obviously get to talk about this because the game happened Thursday night, but the Browns and the Steelers brawl at the end of the game. So for those that have been living under a rock, the Browns were up two touchdowns with, I think it was like 51 seconds left in the game. Miles Garrett tackled Mason Rudolph after Mason Rudolph got rid of the ball. And while on the ground, Mason Rudolph grabbed Miles Garrett's face mask. He was allegedly trying to kick him in the groin um and so miles garrett grabbed mason rudolph's face mask ripped his helmet off of his head steelers offensive linemen were pushing miles garrett back mason rudolph was trying to get to miles garrett miles garrett then swung mason rudolph's helmet and hit him in the top of the head um which then caused I mean, Mason Rudolph, of course, was, he wasn't knocked out. He's not even in concussion protocol, which is kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, after Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph, Marquise Pouncey, 
the center of the Pittsburgh Steelers, then kind of bum-rushed Miles Garrett to the ground, punched him in the face while Miles Garrett was still wearing a helmet, which if you fight someone and you have a helmet on with a face mask and they're punching you in the face mask, you don't want to fight that person. Um, so yes, Marquise Pouncey pushed Miles Garrett to the ground, punched him in the face mask, kicked him in the head. Brown's defensive tackle, Larry Ogunjobi, came up behind Mason Rudolph, knocked him to the ground, and the results of that were that Miles Garrett is suspended for minimum the remainder of the season, and he's suspended indefinitely, which he is appealing because in the CBA, there uh, indefinitely is not a term that you could be suspended for. So I think he's trying to get an, at least an exact number on that. Marquise Pouncey has been suspended for three games, um, which is that it's fair. Uh, for the punching in the face and being involved in that scrum and kicking someone in the head while they're on the ground. Larry Ogunjobi got suspended one game for his part in just knocking Mason Rudolph down. The only issue I have with it is that Mason Rudolph was not suspended. I understand he wasn't the one that hit anybody with a helmet. He wasn't punching anybody in the face. He didn't, uh, he didn't deck someone from behind, but Mason Rudolph started the whole altercation, so I think he deserved at least one game suspension. And, of course, I'm not saying that Miles Garrett is in the right or the wrong. Actually, Miles Garrett's in the wrong. I'm not saying he's in the right. I am saying, though, that Mason Rudolph started a fight that he could not finish. Miles Garrett escalated it way farther than it ever had to go. You do not have to be on either side of that. Both of those things can be true. Um, they have an appeal set up for Wednesday, I believe, for Miles Garrett, and so that's going to be interesting, I believe, Wednesday morning. Um, Tuesday morning, Rob Gronkowski has a big announcement set up for 9 a.m. Everybody thinks it's him coming back to the NFL. I feel like it's not at all. I'm going to say, I'm going to put my guess out that he has some kind of business venture going, but saying that he has a big announcement for Tuesday at 9 a.m., ESPN's going to talk about it, Bleacher Report's going to talk about it, CBS is going to talk about it, everybody's going to talk about it, and so he's just promoting his business venture that he's going for. Um, that's, that's my take on it. He could very well be coming back. That'd be awesome. I just don't think it's true. Um, but... I already have seen people picking him up in fantasy. So if you haven't yet and you do think he's coming back, then I recommend doing that. Or if you just have a free roster spot and you think maybe he comes back, maybe he doesn't, then pick him up. Um, so that's about it for our news. More news than we usually have. It was a fun weekend um, for the most part, aside from the Tua thing that wasn't that fun. Uh, so now time to review our pick'em from this week, which of course, unfortunately, the episode was lost. So that sucks because I think it was a really good one. Um, and, but the important part was that race interview, which if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, I highly last week's Thursday episode yet, I highly recommend that you listen to it. Uh, we had Washington punter slash holder Race Porter on, and he was here to talk about his 
clothing line that he started called Heart on My Sleeve, where it raises awareness for mental health issues. Um, we had Race Porter on, and we had Whole Nine Sports contributor Alex Katzen, who also goes to Washington with Race Porter. Uh, and Race also was just nominated for the uh, Mortel Award, which is the basically the Holder of the Year Award for college football. So that's really cool. Hoping he walks away with that win. And now we get into our fun pick'em. Uh, the first game was Pittsburgh versus Cleveland, which, as I just said, Cleveland was up 14 points with about a minute left. They held on to that. Dylan was the only one out of me, out of me, Dylan and Alex that chose Cleveland. So Dylan gets the win there. Alex and myself take the loss. Um, yeah, that game was. Mason Rudolph actually played really horribly, but the whole game is just overshadowed by Miles Garrett <laughs> attempting to murder a man. Uh, basically, is the best way to put it. Odell Beckham Jr. had one of his best games of the year, and it still wasn't a good game. Uh, Four catches for 60 yards. Not a good game, but better than most of his games this season. Uh, Nick Chubb, he got a ton of touches. Didn't do a ton with them. Uh, Steelers defense has has stepped up significantly since the first quarter of the season, so that's not a huge surprise. The second game... We all chose Kansas City Chiefs to cover minus three and a half. That game is tomorrow night or tonight as you're listening to this. So that game we cannot say anything about yet. That's played in Mexico City for Monday Night Football. Um, Earlier today, we had the Texans at the Ravens. All three of us picked Baltimore to cover by four. Baltimore won that game 41 to seven. And Houston was held actually scoreless until about halfway through the fourth quarter. Lamar Jackson had another MVP caliber game with four touchdowns. And honestly, I know that a lot of people have said like his that he's only gone off against teams with poor defenses. While I was watching this game, I was just thinking Romeo Cornell, the defensive coordinator of the Houston Texans, I don't think he should have a job. I think that this Texans defense is horrible. Um, I don't think it's all his fault, of course. They have their head coaches, their GM, and he's coaching to save his job. So he's just making these win-now decisions that aren't really working out a ton. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much... Deshaun Watson had the worst game of his career by a huge margin. It was It was really just awful. Um, but yeah, Lamar, great game. Mark Ingram actually had two receiving touchdowns. I believe it was for 15, 25 yards and 12 yards. Uh, so if you had the duo of Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson on your fantasy team, congrats on your blowout win. No doubt in my mind about that, no matter who else you had. Uh, that was it for our NFL games from this weekend. And then going into our college game, our college pick'em. Our first game was Arizona State at Oregon State. Um, Dylan always picks Oregon State for everything, except this week he chose Arizona State, and of course, 
Oregon State won this game, let alone Arizona State not covering. Oregon State won by one. Uh, Jake Luton played the best game of his career by an insane margin. He had four passing touchdowns to four different receivers. And, I mean, Jaden Daniels, who is why all of us said Arizona State we thought was going to win this game, he still played a very good game. He played, he had a really good game. He just wasn't better than Jake Luton, which is unfortunate for our pick'em. But, uh, yeah, Oregon State apparently is just going to do the opposite of whatever Dylan picks. And I hate him for that because I should have another, uh, another win for that one. Uh, I'm going to get to the next game later on because I feel like it deserves to be talked about a bit more. So I'm skipping that one and going to Georgia and Auburn. Uh, the game I'm skipping is Oklahoma-Baylor. So I'm going to Georgia and Auburn now, where Dylan and Alex both picked Georgia to cover a two-and-a-half-point spread. or They were favored by two-and-a-half points. I chose Auburn to win the game. Georgia won the game by seven. Bo Nix... I understand he's the best option that Auburn has right now, but he's a very bad option to have. I think he's he's a freshman. He plays like a freshman. And I don't know what they expected from him or what more they expected from him. But that pretty much sums up every Auburn game. Whenever we talk about their offense being disappointing, it's always that... Uh, as we're recording this, Alabama announces Tua Tungavailoa is being flown to Houston to have surgery tomorrow. Um, so he will have surgery, and he's, of course, out for the year. And that sucks. But as I was saying with Auburn, Bo Nix, every time that they struggle, it always comes down to Auburn could be better. Bo Nix is just so wildly inconsistent. He is a freshman. He plays like a freshman. Not this year. Auburn's not... It's not this year for Auburn, but... I mean, 7-3 and three with a quarterback that struggles and is wildly inconsistent. Could have a big future for Auburn, honestly, in the next... Maybe not next year, but 2021, when he's trying to build his draft stock up. Bo Nix could be a stud for Auburn and really tear up the SEC. Um, then the next game is number 19, Texas at Iowa State. This one was an incredibly close game. Uh, Iowa State was favored by seven. Alex and myself chose Iowa State to cover. Dylan chose Texas. Iowa State won the game, but they did not cover. Iowa State won 23-21 on a last-second field goal that was made significantly easier for Connor Asali when Texas went offside. So then Iowa State moved the kick up five yards, and it was easy money for Connor Sally to win the game as time expired. Uh, Brock Purdy, Sam Ellinger didn't put on as much of a show as we would have wanted to, but the real ans- the real uh, point here for Texas offense was that Roshan Johnson and Keontae Ingram had awful games. They combined for 14 carries, for 27 yards um granted receiving they were a bit they were combined for six catches and 62 yards and a touchdown 
but without a rushing attack, this Texas offense is just non-existent. And that as Iowa's defense is why I thought Iowa was going to be able to cover. They're not an offensive team per se, like most Big 12 teams. They have a very good defense with an above average offense, and that's what makes them so dangerous in this conference. Next year when Brock Bird is a junior and Brees Hall is a sophomore, I'm expecting this Iowa State team to be at or near the top of the Big 12. So the... Alright, I'll go to Oklahoma-Baylor before the game of the week. Oklahoma-Baylor... Oklahoma or Oklahoma at Baylor. Oklahoma was favored by 10. Dylan said Oklahoma would cover. Alex and I, who cover the Big 12, said that Baylor would cover. I said Baylor would win the game. Unfortunately, Oklahoma covered one by three. At one point, this game was 28 to three, Baylor, with 11 minutes left, or actually with six minutes left in the second quarter. And then Oklahoma rumbled back. The second half was all Oklahoma all the time. Baylor got absolutely dominated. They forced a Jalen Hurts fumble on the goal line, and they fumbled the next snap. Uh, Baylor ran. Uh, Baylor's drive summary for the second half was fumble, punt, 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 interception. They had drives of one play for the fumble. Which they had 32 yards too. It was a mat. It was a huge run, and then Motley on Oklahoma punched it out from behind on Jermichael Hasty. It was a massive run from I think it was the it was the 35 because Oklahoma Jalen Hurts fumbled into the end zone. Baylor recovered it in the end zone, and then Oklahoma's Creed Humphrey, their center, got an unnecessary an unsportsmanlike conduct and so move the ball up to the 35 so then 32 yard run from there and then the fumble really killed really killed Baylor's momentum after a huge after a very long Oklahoma touchdown or could have been touchdown drive um so yeah that that really sucked but uh yeah so Baylor had a combined 16 plays in the entire second half and the final two offensive plays for Baylor were absolutely pathetic. Uh, twice in a row, Charlie Brewer threw right at Nick Benito, a linebacker on Oklahoma freshman, I think. Uh, threw right at him twice. The first time, he deflected it. The second time, Benito intercepted it. And that just destroyed Charlie Brewer uh, a lot on film because he's known for being very clutch, but didn't even see the guy it looked like on either of the plays he was kind of just like oh yep that guy's rushing so it kind of hurts his pre-snap read grade uh it's football iq grade of course but baylor still did cover because the final score was 34 31 i'm not going i always say i'm not going to try to pronounce the name of that try it gabe I, i'm going to fail pronouncing his name gabe Burkich. i'm gonna say i'm gonna try that it's b-r-k-i-c um he kicked the game-winning field goal with just under two minutes left. Baylor was driving, and then Charlie Brewer had those unfortunate, terrible passes. Um, first half, Charlie Brewer was jacking up Oklahoma's defense, throwing and running. And then from there, like second half, just Oklahoma's defense woke up, and Baylor's defense was exhausted because Jalen Hurts was just punching him in the mouth every play. 
Uh, he finished the game with 27 carries, which is a career high. And I need to see the new rankings when they come out this week because Oklahoma should shoot up. They looked horrible. They came back from down 28-3. And on if their defense can play like they play in the second half of this game, then they're legit title contenders this week, this year. Um, then we move on to the game of the week, which is which was number eight Minnesota at number twenty Iowa. Um, myself, Dylan, and Alex said that this was the most disrespectful line. Oh, you don't even get to hear that recording. Okay, recapping the recording that got lost when we tried uh, uploading it. Dylan and I said that this was a disrespectful line against Minnesota. And then I brought up how every time we say it's a disrespectful line, that team that we are supporting loses horribly. Um, And it happened again. We said that Minnesota plus three was disrespectful and that Iowa had no business even being in this game. Iowa won the game 23-19. to They dominated the first half. They were up 26 at half, 22-6 at halftime. And then they just held on to the lead for the remainder of the game. Uh, Nate Stanley played one of the best games he's ever played. Oh, I, I'm sorry. He played one of the best first halves he's ever played because the second half was pretty spotty for him. Uh, and then Tyler Goodson, freshman running back on Iowa, he broke out. He just was carving up this Minnesota defense. That was incredibly unfortunate. And Tanner Morgan, the sophomore quarterback from Minnesota, he finally had one of those games where you're just like, yikes. Uh, Where it looked really bad for him. He just was not going at all in the first half. It's like him and Nate Stanley did like the Space Jam, the talent switch at halftime because Nate Stanley struggled after half. Tanner Morgan finally got going at halftime. Uh, Minnesota's rushing game just could not get going at all. Rodney Smith had a bad game. He had a touchdown, but he just struggled the whole time. Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman, they're always going to produce, so that didn't change at all. We did say in the recording that was lost that Iowa's secondary, or their corners at least, were very suspect, and we were worried how they would hold up against Rashad Bateman and against Tyler Johnson, and they didn't hold up great. Um, I will say, though, shout out to Dylan, because he called that Iowa's, that one of Iowa's X-Factors would be Amir Smith-Marset, receiver, I believe he's from New Jersey, um, on Iowa, he said that he would be an X-Factor. He had four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Iowa won by four, so the touchdown ended up being incredibly important. Uh, so we all took an L on that one. So that one sucks. Uh, yeah, that's about it for the Pick'em recap for this week. Then moving on to the stock up, stock down. Of course, I am here by myself, so... I will be giving you three stock up options, three stock down options from this week in football. And my first stock up, Dak Prescott. If you somehow don't know who Dak Prescott is, if you actually, even if you only watch college football, you know who he is. Um, Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, 
his, I believe it's his third 400-yard game this season, which leads the NFL. He had three touchdowns, no interceptions. Stellar game. Um, he is going to earn so, or actually, sorry, he has earned every penny of the forty million that he had that prior to the season he wanted. He's earned every penny that he's going to get. Um, so Dallas is going to have to shell out a ton of money for him, and that forty million. Oh man. If he keeps up this level, he'll be worth if he keeps up this level of play, he'll be worth it. Um, but he just destroyed the Lions secondary all game. Um and for the idiots that are blaming Darius Slay, just shut up. Just never speak again. Um <laughs> Darius Slay had three passes defended, I think it was. Um and yeah, he's gonna keep Amari Cooper was not the reason that that deck went off. It was Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb, even Tony Pollard joined in. Zeke had a touchdown. Yeah, Amari Cooper, three catches, 38 yards. Darius Slay is not the reason that Detroit lost this game. It's probably because Jeff Driscoll's playing quarterback, and I love Jeff Driscoll, but it it's, yeah, Dak was just, he's an MVP candidate. At worst, he's number three. It's Lamar, Russ, Dak, and not in that order, just those three are the top three. And if you say anything else, maybe Christian McCaffrey's an argument, but I'd still say he's a tier behind them. My second stock up is one of Dylan's favorite teams in Utah. Um, not in Utah. Dylan's favorite team in Utah, sure, is the Utah Utes. Um... First off, not that he's ever going to hear this, but I'm going to openly acknowledge that I said Tyler Huntley was horrible before the year. Now, I, I don't even think I said it on the podcast, just when I was doing my film study from last season. He's, of course, not being the, he's not carrying the team necessarily, but 14 for 18 this weekend, 335 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Zach Moss had 17 carries for 127 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, along with four catches, 73 yards, no touchdowns in the air. Um, but Utah beat UCLA 49-3. to And this is a UCLA team that we saw go toe-to-toe with Washington State and win 67-63. to after being down like 49-17 at one point. Um, See, so UCLA, they, they've shown that they could put up some points every now and then. They haven't done it a ton this year, but they've had games with... They've had, I think, four games, five games over 30. Uh, and Utah just put them in a box to have their worst scoring total of the season by 11 points. The lowest they'd ever scored before that was 14 uh, Utah just dominated them from wire to wire. It was all Utah all the time. Or, I'm sorry. U- UCLA scored first with a field goal halfway through the first quarter. And then Utah outscored them 49 nothing for the remainder of the game. But Utah, they could be serious title contenders. Uh, if they keep it up, they've got Oregon coming up. 
Um, no, coming up in, in the Pac-12 championship. <laughs> not just like, not on their regular season schedule. But they've got Oregon coming up, Pac-12 championship. Winner of that should be in the top four for the college football playoff. And the final stock up for me is our Big 12 fans. Because if you're a fan of a team in the Big 12, doesn't matter which team, honestly. Uh, except maybe West Virginia. And, and I'm not trying to trash West Virginia. It's it's what I see when I watch all the games every week. I see West Virginia is, in my opinion, the worst team in the Big 12. Um, if you're a fan of teams in the Big 12 congrats you've got your stock up because this year has been an awesome year for big 12 football next year is going to be an even better year for big 12 football i don't think a single conference has more underclassmen starting quarterbacks than the big 12 um the senior quarterbacks that you are losing carter stanley and jalen hurts and i think that's it uh, Sam Ellinger is staying in Texas. He's a, he's a junior. I believe Skyler Thompson has one more year of eligibility. I'd expect him to come back. Alan Bowman or Jet Duffy. Actually, Jet Duffy might be a senior now. But Alan Bowman will be back for Texas Tech. Uh, yeah, this this is a very young conference. And Jet Duffy's a junior. Um, even at position like running back. You have so much youth at running back across the whole conference that if you're a Big 12 fan, you are in for a treat next year because you're going to have senior Sam Ellinger. Uh, I believe it's senior Charlie Brewer. You're going to have sophomore uh, Spencer Sanders, junior Brock Purdy, senior Skylar Thompson, sophomore Max Duggan, I'm not sure with the transfer, Austin Kendall's uh, technical, I guess, uh, year would be. Uh, I think he's going to be considered a senior next year. So you have senior Austin Kendall. You're losing Carter Stanley. You're losing Jalen Hurts. Oklahoma is probably going to be going with Spencer Rattler or uh, Tanner Mordecai, maybe. Kansas will, I don't know who Kansas will be rolling with actually because Manny Miles is a senior. Manny Miles is their backup quarterback. He's a senior. Carter Stanley is a senior. So Kansas is the only real question mark at quarterback. Uh, knowing the Big 12, it'll be a freshman. Because why not? So if you're a Big 12 fan, props to you. Also, the defenses have been improving. So you're in for a conference that is trending way up for the near future and then going to the stock down section for the more positive remember how i said that i like to start the show with the injury news and all the negative news and then work our way up apparently we work our way back down at the very end for the stock down so that's fun we should probably change that but you know it is what it is um first stock down is alabama as i've spoken about it fairly briefly because i didn't want to cover it a ton because we don't know all of the news Tua tongo Bailo is out for the year mac jones is going to be the starting quarterback for alabama and luckily for alabama next week they have i believe it's western carolina 
Uh, so if there's ever a game for Mac Jones to really get into the rhythm of being the starting quarterback, this is it. And then the week after that's the Iron Bowl, which as we've seen, you can never sleep on. So Mac Jones is going to have to perform there. If they went out, Alabama, because I know a lot of people are writing Alabama off right now for no reason whatsoever. Uh, it's not a good reason. Um, a lot of people are writing Alabama off right now because of Tua being out. I understand that sucks, but this is still a very good football team. Raekwon Davis, defensive lineman in Alabama, also got carted off. I have not seen an update on his injury yet, uh, which has me hoping that it means it's not a super severe injury. Because Tua got airlifted to Birmingham, Alabama, for uh, his injury. So hoping Raekwon Davis will be better. Alabama could definitely use him back. Najee Harris is going to carry the entire team for the remainder of the season. Um, They've got stock down, but it's mainly the Tua injury. I still think this is a very good football team that could still win the SEC. Mm, Never mind that. I forgot about LSU for a second. Um, Alabama won't win the SEC, but they could be a one-win team that could still get into the college football playoff because they're Alabama. And uh, I spoke about how Big 12 fans, you have your stock up. Here's Big 12 t- ranked Big 12 teams with their stock down. Um, the Big 12 currently has five teams ranked. And it seems to be just a revolving door around the 16 to 25 rank for Big 12 teams with Oklahoma and Baylor past those. They're better than that. But Oklahoma State, Texas, Kansas State, even Iowa State and TCU have kind of just been rotating in the top 25 this season. And every time one of them gets ranked, they seem to lose. Kansas State beat Oklahoma, got put up to, I think, 16 lost to Texas, and then just lost this week also to uh, West Virginia, who I did say was the worst team in the conference. Um, Foot in my mouth, sure. Texas then, when they beat Kansas State, they went up to 19, and then they just lost this week to Iowa State. Iowa State will probably be ranked this, uh, this week. Oklahoma State was ranked. They won their game, so kudos to them. But Big 12 teams, they seem to get ranked, and then kind of immediately lose games. Um, I don't know what it is about them, but that seems to be a trend that has been going on this season. Like, Texas lost to TCU by 10. Iowa State lost to Oklahoma State by 7. Um, which really, Dylan shared a tweet with me last week that was like, oh, Iowa State's lost all of their games by a combined 8 points. They've lost 4 games by a combined 8 points. No, they lost 3 of their games by a combined 4 and then they lost the other one by seven. Um, just make sure, like, read read your tweet and make sure, double-check things before you send it out. Uh, and then the other, the, my final stock down goes to the Cleveland Browns because, yikes. Miles um, Garrett, of course, suspended for the remainder of the season. Best defensive player on the team, unless you want to argue Denzel Ward. So Miles Garrett, best defensive player on the team, suspended for the remainder of the season. He's your best pass rusher. Pass rush is pretty important to have in the NFL. So he's gone. Um, He had 10 sacks, by the way. So you now lose a double-digit sack artist. 
Larry Ogunjobi's second with five sacks. He's out for next game. So now you've got Olivier Vernon and Chase Thomas have to be the ones to step up, really. And then on top of that, I, I don't even know who they're going to expect to be their third D-end at this point, because now you've lost Miles Garrett for the season. He really screwed this whole team up, because this is a team that they are a pretty uh, pretty disappointing 4-6. and six. It is not... It's not unreasonable to think they can make the playoffs. They're four and six. The wild card right now is seven and three and six and four. So it's possible if you go if you win out, you have a pretty good chance at making playoffs. But you have to win out. You basically have to win out. Uh, they do have an easy schedule for the remainder of the year. One positive I'll say is Nick Chubb, first running back to crack a thousand yards this season. So, awesome for him. Uh, but Baker Mayfield still has more interceptions and touchdowns. That has to change. Um, outside of Nick Chubb now, they've got Kareem Hunt back. He's been... I think he's had more catches than carries uh, since he's come back. So, that's kind of weird to see. Then you've got Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. Struggling all year. It's just It's been ugly the whole season. Their defense, someone's got to step up big time now. It's it's just rough for them because they lost their two best pass rushers, one for next game, one for the entire season, not to injury but to stupidity. Um, and now your playoff hopes have been severely hindered, and I'm not sure what, ex- what exactly they're expected to do at this point because this could also be a cop-out if this team keeps losing games, this could also be a cop-out to keep Freddie Kitchens around, which we know the fans do not want. But now he could say, look, I lost my best defensive player for the remainder of the season, for the final seven games, uh, or six games. So now you're, you kind of, you might be stuck with Freddie Kitchens for another year, and we've seen that he's not ready for this. I'm not saying he's horrible. He's just not ready for it. So for that, Browns stock down for the week. Um, that about wraps up tonight's episode, or today's episode. I'm recording at night, so I'm thinking tonight. But it, that wraps up today's episode. I want to thank you all for listening. My name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find my usual co-host on Twitter, Dylan Sanders, at Dilly Sanders. Follow Whole Nine Sports on Twitter at Whole Nine Sports. It's W H O L E N I N E S P O R T S on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. There's really no other social media for us to be on. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Leave a review. You could message us either of us or even the whole nine account say anything you want add us talk with us interact with us we don't care um and i know i've never mentioned this before but if you are aspiring to get into writing for football and covering football whether it be the nfl draft fantasy football gambling um anything just the nfl in general that's fine just feel free to shoot me 
WNS underscore Brandon. A DM, shoot a DM to the whole nine sports Twitter account. Uh, and yeah, everybody can get a start here, no matter what your experience is. So we thank you, and we hope you have a good night. Thanks for listening. Bye.